You're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 48 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, your host, Bob Chichinsky. Here with my good, good friend, Dogbark24. Dog, how you doing, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. I'm doing pretty great. Nice, nice. Glad to have you here. Glad to uh, be have made it through 2020, our first year podcasting. Here we are on the other side of that coin. First episode of 2021. We are recording it here. Episode 48. Uh, so January is gonna be fun. We have our one year anniversary coming in just a couple weeks. Um, things are gonna line up for that to be episode 50, so that's gonna be awesome. We're planning some fun shenanigans for that. Um, next week we will have episode 49, another great episode for you. And this week we are, of course, having a great episode for you <laughs> that is gonna be focused on. The guilds, two guilds of Tamriel. This is going to be our second guild episode. We're going to be talking the Sigic Order and the Mages Guild, the two magical guilds of uh, Tamriel and Elder Scrolls Online. So without further ado, I'm going to hand it off to Dog so he could get started on the news because there has been plenty to come out in the last couple weeks. Uh, well, probably 10 days since we've recorded. So, uh, yeah, Twitter's been blowing up because, you know, my favorite person's coming back to ESO. And you might have guessed Abner Tharn, but you would be wrong because it's Lyran, which is totally unexpected. <laughs> oh, goodness. Dog was just beaming with glory when he found out. <laughs> Of course, me as a necromancer, and not so much. <laughs> yes, all necromancers are at a few Larian's wrath. It'd be great. But it's funny because, you know, I joked about it in one episode. Bob, you know, promptly edited out, you know. You know, I probably said a couple, you know, necromancers are too... Or <laughs> yeah, necromancers are dim-witted, and Bob's was like, nope, we can't have any of that. Larianth is not coming back in 2021, and now... She's here to torture Bob for a full year. It's true. It's true. I think the one best time you had was when you were just like super deep voice dogged for the holiday episode. <laughs> but so that's your fault, okay? It's not mine. I think that's Craig's fault, but okay. Yeah, well, yeah, it's easy. It's easy to blame. To blame Craig. But it, it dogged is very right. There's been all kinds of stuff on Twitter, mainly from the uh, ESO stream team members, a couple class reps also got something in the mail. Um, I saw, I think maybe a couple of columnists or something, but no podcasts. So that's okay. Maybe, maybe we're round two this year, right dog? But anyways, it's been pretty freaking exciting to watch as uh, all these different people have been posting a letter from Lyrinth herself 
and a coin that is uh, she is procured from a uh, maybe not so alive anymore cultist and says that it may be of use. So, Doug, why don't, why don't you just read the letter? Honestly, it's not too long. Yeah, all right. So the letter reads, Dear Mortal, the coin included with this letter is one of three such discs that hold significance to the order of the waking flame. The cultist I acquired it from has no further need of it, and it may assist us in the near future. Study the coin, for I believe there may be a clue to the cult's activities hidden in the etched surfaces. In due time, I will summon you. Things are about to occur, and I will require a mortal's touch. Be ready. Then, from Lyranth. So, yeah. Pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, and there has been uh, three different coins definitely have come to the surface as well. Do you happen to have any of those translations around, dog? All right, so one of the coins is the go-ahead side. It says, or it reads, uh, ambitions, knowledge, freedom, wisdom, energy, adventure. And then the flame side, it says, Mayrune's Dagon. Mayrune's Dagon and destruction, change, ambition. So pretty ominous. You know, definitely yeah. Mayrune's Dagon, but... Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and um, you could tell... When you look at the coins, if you go look them up, like we said, there's all these different people, uh, a lot of stream team members and stuff. So very easy to go see on Twitter. Uh, they've all been posting pictures and there is three different coins. Um, the fire side where it talks about Mayroon's Dagon, blah, 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 change or ambition, destruction, whatever. Um, that is the same on them. And then the other side has some different stuff. Um very, very interesting, very uh, ominous, as Doug said, and, uh, uh, of course, not very, uh, you know, the picture is still pretty blurry as to what really is going to come. Make sure uh, you all are tuning in. January 21st is going to be a big day where we all get to see what is really coming this year. So, that is going to be very, very exciting. Uh, Dogged any any other Lyrinth excitement that you have? Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's your moment. All right. Well, I mean, definitely make sure you do uh, some of those dungeons beforehand. Like, definitely do, you know, Imperial City Prison with Lyrinth. You know, that's important. But you should also probably do the City of Ash 1 and 2 storylines just so that you kind of catch up, I'm assuming. That, you know, if they're we're bringing in Lyrath, like, like, that's total left field stuff. Like, I said it jokingly, thinking that, you know, we probably wouldn't, would never see Lyrath. And, well, Lyrath's coming, and I really don't know why. So, it, it really doesn't make sense to me, but who knows. Yeah, so, uh, it's going to be exciting, and uh, Dog is going to be very happy, that's for sure, so... It's going to yeah, be good times. There's going to be plenty of, uh, you know, flesh statues and tools for the dim-witted puns yeah. all year. <laughs> 2021 is the year of flesh statues and tools for the dim-witted. Dogged has two characters that are named flesh statues are tools. 
and for the dimwitted. No, 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 no. One's flesh satch noxar, and then the other one is tools for the dimwitted. Well, there you go. But <laughs> as as I say, this is a very true statement. Um, but yeah, so lots of exciting stuff going on uh, for ESO twenty twenty one. Before we get into too much other like in game ESO stuff, also for us we have. Uh, all kinds of exciting stuff going on at, as far as like social media and stuff and plans for uh, trying to add extra stuff, um, you know, like to supplement our podcast. So we've got stuff that we worked on last year that is, you know, has been in the works and is almost ready to go. And so exciting stuff for this year. Uh, make sure that if you guys don't follow us on Twitter, that is the best place to keep up with us. We do monthly giveaways. We give away four crown crates. We are literally, I should have drawn a winner earlier today. Uh, but, you know, here we are recording. So there you go. You know, we do give away the crates. Uh, I'm going to be giving away some tomorrow as this episode comes out. Um, and you never know because you never know what's going to happen. Just like Christmas uh, Eve night. I was like, you know what? I want to. I'm going to give away some freaking stuff, man. So I just gave away, you know, it's like whoever, if you want, you know, a chance at a Christmas something from the Red Diamond Courier, put your username out there, give us your, uh, you know, console and server, and boom, I I freaking pulled a Santa and went out there and sent crown crates, just, you know, one crown crate, but I sent crown crates all over dog it was freaking awesome man i think i sent almost like 20 crates out across all the different platforms that's a lot of crates <laughs> yeah it, yeah i i have too many crowns sitting around on the two consoles because i paid for eso plus way too long without playing but uh so you know it was cool it was nice and you know it was just fun to bring christmas cheer to all the eso community and that's what we're about like we uh we really love doing the podcast and everything but being a you know feeling like we are a part of the community is really awesome so that's a lot of fun and um yeah so if you guys aren't following us over there it's always a great time to do so and uh we are readily available to you could talk to us there anytime and another thing that has been in the works that uh we're we're trying to get our discord really uh really set up so we could start promoting that as well so that that should be in the works here sometime too but outside of us we got plenty of other eso news so i will hop off that but yeah you guys keep an eye on all things red diamond courier Hopefully this year we will have a lot of cool stuff in the works. So, dogged. I mean, let's get right back into ESO. New Life is still going as of, well, pretty much today. I should be getting this out on the last day. Yeah, so new life's going on. And it turns out, you know, when I started doing my crafting roots again with a 50% scroll and, you know, the normal double experience, and I did it on all my characters, and I was getting about one or two CP just from Ritz alone. And that's just crazy. And it's like, man, if I would have only been doing them, like, every day, I could have, like, 
20 more CP. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, Inklings it would be very upset. Like, do no Ritz. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Ritz are a great way to level. And you know, also what I was kind of just like, I was, um, I've been trying to get more new life boxes to open because the RNG now is just ridiculous trying to get like what you want because there's too many rewards. There's just so many. It's like, oh my gosh. So I've been getting a bunch of boxes and I noticed that like if you do them on under level characters, which I know it can be frustrating when you don't have the way shrines, but if you get them one time doing with a friend, then you could keep doing them throughout the event, which is kind of late for now, I realize. But so it was next year. Well, this year. And it's a pretty good way to level those tunes. Like if you're not wanting to farm dungeons or dolmens or anything like um, I was doing the math today. I was at level 46 going to 47 and I was getting about 17 to 18 K with a double XP and a, a 50% scroll on. And I needed like 140 to K to get to the next level so that was just that would be like eight or nine quests that's pretty much a full round of the quest you get a level and that's a high end level 46 to 47 so i don't know just a little tidbit to add in there that those are uh, a good way to level two if you're just looking for something chill to do yeah yeah my uh you know ways of leveling have uh for the event has been ritz public dungeons and normal dungeons and one battleground, which was just awesome. <laughs> well, I did, I did great, or my team did great, and it was awesome. Oh, that's right. I remember you posted in Discord about that, but I didn't see your score. Did you get like, I, it looked like twenty. Was it twenty kills? Yep, it was twenty kills. Twenty kills, one death, and nine assists. Very nice, man. Very nice. So, new life going on hope you guys all had a great one because by the time you listen to this it will most likely be over but uh, we had a lot of fun getting characters leveled up i throughout this last day after editing and putting out the cast my plan is to finish leveling my sork up to 50 and uh work on my nightblade a little bit too so i don't want to get too bogged down here dog because i can see you're going to talk about indrix indurix for a little bit right now yeah, we never really got a chance, you know, talk about the Indurix and how great they are and how, yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and start. But yeah, you know, I'm going to start with, the, you know, my expectations from New Life. And, you know, as we all know, the Crimson Indurix is the last uh, evolution of the Indurix. And I was expecting... Uh, all the berries for all the Indirects, not just the ones from the 2020. And that that was a bit surprising for me. Yeah, I mean, I hope they keep it like that. I think they will. And I think that, um, I don't know what their plans are going forward, but I think that they'll probably bring out the Indirects every now and again. If they don't, then that's cool. But if they do, then, I mean, I understand. In event-wise, at least, you know, like, oh, you could, you know, try and get these feathers if you never got them or these berries or whatever. Because people do do have incomplete collections. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, they'd bring out the Indirix later, like, alongside with whatever they're doing for, like, the next stuff. 
like whatever you know i don't, I don't think event tickets are going to be going away so i'm assuming that they'll probably bring it out later so that you go to the impresario you can buy you know deadlands mount at option a and or you could buy you know the uh, indirect feathers or indirect berries and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah i could see that i mean it'd be hard to see them getting rid of it after so long but yeah so any other news my man anything else you have uh, been up to here in the last uh, little while um nope that's it all right man well in that case let's get right on to the current state of cyrodiil which as always is chaotic and hectic and you know laggy but that happens and um i've been kind of just every now and again stopping in cyrodiil checking it out having a good time not enough to get really, uh, you know, a flow of what's really going on in there, but I actually stopped in the lobby campaign just for a bit, but I have no gear, so I was like, yeah, this is not going to be fun, but I was on my night blade, so I snuck around a little bit, and then I just left. But Cyrodiil is still popping, and we have scores for you, so we've got PC Stadia going off on the NA side of things. There's 16 days left, just about halfway through the campaign. We have the Daggerfall Covenant. What up? Represent leading at 50k. Then we've got Evanheart Pact at 45k and the Aldmary Dominion right behind him at 40k. And on the EU side of things, Evanheart Pact, first place. 48.5k ad right behind him 47.2k and daggerfall from first to worst 42.1k so that's how the pc stadia things are looking like i said just about halfway through the campaign make sure you get in there and get your 25k on each character to get your 50 transmutes when it ends and talking about campaigns ending dog how are things going on the console side of things over on xbox all right, so the console servers has 14 hours left, which is, you know, really shown in some of these scores. Because in first place, we have the Alamary Dominion with 115k. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. And then that might, be, that might be the highest I've ever seen. Yeah, pretty high. <laughs> and then in second, we have DC with 77k. And shortly behind him is EP and last with 76k. So, yeah, safe to say that AD has definitely won that campaign this month. Yeah, I think so. Like 30, almost 40k lead on second place. Dang. But I mean, you know, 14 hours left, you never know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, if DC tries really hard and captures the whole map, they might be able to make it to like 100k. Probably <laughs> the whole <not>. map. <laughs> the whole all map. 14 hours. <laughs> all resources, everything. Yeah. And then for Xbox EU, we have AD in first with 104k, DC in second with 76k, and then EP in last with 70k. So, AD still leading. 
by a decent amount, but the scores aren't too bad. And DC's in second, and EP's in last, and all those. So pretty solid. You know, pretty EP's solid. Yeah, of course, right? But AD is in first in both. However, on the PlayStation side of things, 14 hours left as well, and Daggerfall Covenant has not quite those AD size leads, but some big ones in both. So we got Daggerfall leading on NA with 95k over Evan Hart Pack to 87k, and AD at 77k. Then for the EU side of things on PlayStation, we got Daggerfall Covenant up at 102k. They broke that 100k barrier. What up? Then Evan Hart Pact way back at 78k and I'll marry Dominion at 76k. And I thought these were pretty impressive until I saw the I'll marry Dominion ones, right? So I was like, well, I guess they weren't that great. Uh, it's still pretty freaking impressive, but it's just not that super 80 level. Like, no one would normally beat that. I was like, what the heck? They beat it both times. That's crazy. I mean, clearly, all the ordinary Dominion players from the PlayStation came over to the Xbox and helped them out. <laughs> that must be what it was. They couldn't get PS5s, <laughs> so they just got Xboxes instead. <laughs> yeah. Seems legit. Makes sense to me. There you go. And if it makes sense to Dog, then it should make sense to everyone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that is going to wrap it up for our Serial Talk this week. Um, we're gonna talk about some stuff later. Some of our uh, some some imp stuff, and just talk. Just thinking about it gets me thinking. Dog and I need to take some time off, maybe, and uh, maybe do some emperor stuff on PC, just for fun, you know. Just just shooting the stuff. Maybe, maybe, just maybe. <laughs> there you go. A maybe is a uh, is pretty good with dog. If you can get a maybe, then you're you're at least you got your foot in the door. So, with that, let's get right into our episode. As I said earlier, we are talking two guilds today. And, uh, yeah, they are both very interesting. Both have active skill lines and skills for you to put on your bar. So, first up, we got the Sigic Order. And, Dog, I'm going to let you take it away. All right, so the Sigic Order. This is the difficult-to-spell guild in Tamriel whose origins may seem to be from the Dwemer, but they aren't. They're just elves, mainly. <laughs> mainly. Not exclusively. Nearly. Not exclusively, but a lot of them are. So, yeah. But the Sagic Order is the ancient order of powerful mages on the Isle of Artaeum. The island disappeared from Tamriel around when former member Vanis Galarian formed the Mages Guild and the Order has rarely ever been seen. And you also learn that Mana Marco was part of that order. And it is rumored by Dog that one Abner Tharn and Lyranth took part in this guild, but they both left after learning that this secret mages guild just couldn't comprehend their power and knowledge of magic. Which really says something, because even Sothasil was a member of this order. So I think he was like the the leader of it, wasn't he? <laughs> like the founder. I don't know. He's the I know he was an honorary member, but oh okay, okay, okay. Yeah. 
Just a wise dude. Yeah, okay, like, yeah, sure, dog. Lyrinth is coming back. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you this time. <laughs> yeah. One time. Get- Everyone gets one. <laughs> we'll, we'll learn about it in, you know, 2021. <laughs> so now that Dog has enticed you all so much, I'm sure you're all wondering, how in the world do I join the Sigic Order? So... In order to join, you're going to need to have at least the Somerset DLC, or at this point, I'm assuming ESO Plus would work as Somerset is a part of that. So you'll need to have access to that and complete the first story quest in Somerset, which begins in Shimmering, where you start out there, to start you off, and that will lead you on the path to join the Sigic Order which comes along with going through the story quests of Somerset. This is also the correct way that you're supposed to get to Artaeum. Although, if you're in a huge guild, you also could end up getting seeing someone there and port to them or having one of your friends port you there. But this is how to get there through the story. Yep, you could say that getting through the story is, you know, this is the way. This is the way. So, when you join the Sigic Order, you get, you know, not like a trophy or a bunch of stuff, but you do get some cool freaking stuff. Mainly, you get access to the Sigic Order skill line. This is why you're going to see people grinding the Sigic Order. It's kind of a finicky little grind so it's not really for everyone but it can be worth it for some of the skills that come along with it so you get access to the skill line for the active skills and the passives plus you also get to unlock the Arteum, the whole zone and you gain access to opening sigic portals all over tamriel that have a chance to spawn in wherever an enchanting node may spawn in. So anytime you're going and farming, uh, you know, research nodes, just grabbing stuff, wherever an enchanting one could be, that could also be a Sigic portal, which glow pretty freaking bright, like you will not miss it. And, um, well, I still miss them, honestly. (laughs) But you got a chance to getting... gonna be honest but uh yeah there's a chance of getting some cool stuff from it you could get like motifs you could get um like harmony rings or one of the type of jewelry to uh research you could get uh overland set pieces from whatever region you're in so those are definitely a benefit of being the sigic in the sigic order and it's definitely worth uh getting through to the point where you could at least get those if nothing else so you might be wondering how many quests are for the sigic order well there are 10 story quests one for each skill line level for the skill tree so you do one quest you get one level you do a second quest you get a level but these are not short quests they are you know some of them are pretty long and then the ending is pretty it's not as bad there's also three quests that are related to the Sigic Order, and those are also cool to do. Now, you also might be wondering, are there dailies? But, nope. There are no dis- dailies specifically for the Sigic Order, but there is the Somerset Delve Daily, 
that takes you to the Artaeum Delve. And this delve sucks more so than the average DLC delve. And do you know why? Why, Don? Because it's a maze. And then you can imagine whatever <laughs> word that I just, you know, bleep, got bleeped out there. And you're right. <laughs> as long as it's not a nice word, you know, it can't be a nice word. Don't don't think about them a nice word. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not one of Doug's favorites. It's not one of your favorites either. <laughs> I don't think it's one of anyone's favorites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that delve might be the reason why the Sigic Order and the Artea Mile disappeared for a while. You know, the Right Master and the Conclave of Elven Forces, which is the uh, head of the Sigic Order, just got lost inside, you know, the multiple mazes in the uh, thing. And it took them, you know, several hundred years to escape. <laughs> <laughs> and before we go on to the talking about uh, any more of the Sigic and the skills and stuff, I did want to mention. With the quests, especially for the story ones, um, they are very specific. Like, it's the same thing. You're going to be going across different regions of Tamriel and closing rifts, pretty much the Sigic portals. Like, you're going to go to a specified spot, close it, go to the next one, close it, go to the next one, close it. And then there's going to be one where you go to the portals and follow it down, like, follow the next portal, follow the next portal, through a, a little path. So it's very repetitive, but it does take you all across Tamriel. And um, uh, one of the ESO legends, Alcast, has a great guide for it with all the locations. Plus, now there's add-ons that have all the locations. So nice and easy for you guys. If you got a character that's got all the way shrines, it is way easy. Um, it just take it's time consuming and it can be a little tedious. So keep that in mind if you're like, oh man, these things sound really cool. It does come with a little bit of the grind. Some people have said it's the most ridiculous grind. It really isn't that bad. You can knock it out. It just takes a little time. Yeah, it is a major skill. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so this skill line that we're talking about, it has an ult, just like a lot of the other guild ones. Then we've got five active abilities and five passives. And this skill line definitely had both PvE and PvP in mind when they were making the skills. Like, they are very well-rounded. You could um, put them into use in a lot of different situations, and a lot of people do. And some of them are pretty meta, I'm not going to lie, and used to be even more so, honestly. It also proved that despite what the PvP community said uh, back then at that time, that Zoss didn't forget about them and that they still, you know, they do try and make PvP better and have it just work differently. And that was definitely the case. And, well, we'll talk about that later. I definitely enjoyed it, but, you know, some people, right? <laughs> so we're going to get started right into this. We've got the ultimate, which is undo. You, it allows you to step backwards in time, resetting your health, magic, stamina, and position to what they were four seconds ago. So not to get too, uh, you know, cross IP reference here, but when this came out, I could not help but think this is like the tracer from Overwatch Ultimate. Like, 
bloop you just, you have that little like bloop back like it's it's cool uh i was super excited when it came out and it's not exactly as cool as i was hoping but it is still pretty cool so there's two morphs precognition you can cast the ability well cc'd and it will automatically gain cc immunity so you are going to be popping back out of the cc and they can't see uh cc you again right after so it allows you if you're trapped and getting wailed on especially in like pvp you can pop back out gain immunity to snares and uh mobilizes and just start smacking back at them because they're gonna be like whoa what the heck is going on then the other morph you got temporal temporal guard well slotted you gain major wow words are hard and the other morph you've got temporal guard which reads well slotted you gain minor protection reducing your damage taken by five percent so you know everyone kind of has a love for these uh you know well slotted things especially like it's a morph you know all you gotta do is have it slotted so yeah it's there and it gives you minor protection so if that's not something you you know have which i don't think a lot of people just have minor protection on all the time um it's it's good, you know, it could be a good thing to have. Yeah, definitely. So let's get into the rest of the active abilities here, dog. Why don't you start us off with time stop? Alright, time stop. Alright, so it reads freeze the passage of time at the target location, gradually reducing the movement speed of enemies in the area during the channel before finally stunning them in place for three seconds when the channel completes. But then your morph is Borrowed Time, which negates 5,000 healing done on enemies that are stunned. And this takes two seconds to arm. And then you have Time Freeze, which removes the cast time, but it takes longer to stun enemies. So this takes four seconds. And then they both stun for three seconds. Both are good. They're actually great. They're... uh. And which is really rare to see in skills. You might have one that is mag or one that is stam or one that might be good. And the other one's kind of bad. But for this, like they're both, uh, I mean, they both cost magicka. They both cost, I think like 6,400 after cost reduction. And I'll go back into the a little bit later, but, uh, yeah. So they're definitely like, uh, they're not like meant for like a huge damaging thing, but they are meant for, uh, you know cc and stuff you can also combine it with like you know that tank spamming talons or if you're a damage character you can use like the immobilized arrow spray or that one sork ability that's immobilizes everyone and makes everyone mad and that's what tanks did and that's what i did and it is very viable very usable and very strong and the best part is, it's this bright neon bubble, right? So it's not like it's, you know, hard to see or anything. It's obvious, it's there, and it has, a you know, the bad AoE on your feet. So like I said, it costs about 6400 after including the 15% cost reduction from the skill tree's passives. And you might be wondering, why does it cost so much? Well, it's because it's OP and pay to win. Or at least that's what people said, because it really wasn't. I mean, like I said, if it's bright, you don't stand in the bad circles, 
you have like two seconds or four, depending on which one it is, to get out of there. Like, should be simple enough, but no. Oh, 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 what's that? Sorry, are you finally done talking about time stop? <laughs> no, no, I'm uh, taking a little breather. <laughs> oh boy, I got lost. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, back to, you know, what I said about that tank, right? So if you have that tank, you know, just standing on a flag and, you know, all your friendly people are trying to kill that tank, someone drops a time stop and they're all slaughtered. Is it really time stop that's OP or is it, you know, players being, well, not not that smart and yeah. The actual skill itself isn't, you know, completely OP. It's just that when people know how to, you know, combine it, it's... It's like oils in cold fire ballistas. Like, yes, those are strong and they're hurt, but there's an AOE and you can purify it. And it's kind of just like, you know, stay out of the bad circles. You know, if you don't want to die in lava, you know, don't die in lava. Don't be standing in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it goes, man. I'm not going to say any more because I feel like you have... (laughs) Like, all I'm saying, you know, like, those players that, you know, would die from standing in, you know, oil, well, they're going to have a hard time in the Deadlands, you know. Probably spend a lot of time dead and on fire or in lava, because that's what the Deadlands is, is a bunch of fire and lava. Very, and very Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's how Dog truly feels about time. So. <laughs> so. For uh, the next skill, we've got Imbue Weapon, where you infuse your weapon with power, causing your next light attack used within two seconds to deal an additional 1,400 physical damage. If the power is not consumed in time, you restore 1,629 stamina. The morphs are Elemental Weapon, which converts into a Magicka ability and deals magic damage. And it applies a random status effect. Or Crushing Weapon, which heals you for 28% to the damage done. So this one is definitely pretty popular. I see it in PvP. I've seen it in PvE as well. Um, I don't know. I've never used it, though, personally. I've also never used it, but uh, I get killed by it a lot in Battlegrounds. So I would say it's pretty good. Yeah, I definitely get Elemental Weapon hit for sure. Yeah. Alright, so next up we have Accelerate. We have a... This will bend time and space around you to gain Major Expedition for 4 seconds and Minor Force for 12 seconds. Increasing your movement speed by 30% and crit damage by 10%. And then this morphs into a Channeled Acceleration, which triples the duration but adds a cast time. The other morph is Race Against Time, which grants immunity to snares and immobilizations for a short duration. So for this one, I like to use the channel acceleration because I don't really mind the cast time, but the Race Against Time morph is definitely much probably more viable for PvPs because it does give you the, uh, the immunity to snares, but at the same time, you don't really focus on crit damage, so you might not be looking for that as well, so... Yeah, it's a really popular one in PvE, though, for sure. Like, getting that, uh, getting that buff, the, uh, Minor Force, that's, uh, 
not one you get from a lot of places. In fact, the only other place you're really going to get it is going to be like um, the uh, Barb Trap or whatever, the uh, Fighters Guild skill line one, I think. But anyways, not to get too down in the weeds. The next skill, we've got Mend Wounds, where you invoke the rights of Moawita. Oh, I said that with an accent, but there you go. Replacing your light and heavy attacks with healing abilities that can only be used on allies. Your light attacks heal for 699. Your heavy attacks heal for 621 every one second. And you restore 1,155 magic to you or for successfully healing. Then your two Morse, you've got Men Spirit. Where after you heal an ally, you grant them major resolve for five seconds. And symbiosis, where you heal yourself for a percentage of the healing done to the ally. Now, I was excited when these came out, thinking as a healer, like, oh man, I've always wanted something where I could actually turn my restoration staff into something that heals with the light and heavy attacks. However, it just didn't really really work out because healing is too OP. All right, and then the last active skill is meditate, and this is uh, you focus your body and mind into a meditative state, healing for fifteen hundred health and restoring fifteen hundred magicka and stamina every one second. You will remain in a meditative state until you toggle this ability off or are interrupted, and this ability costs nothing. You just press it and you you start meditating. So your morphs are deep thoughts which increases the amount of mag and stamina restored, and and introspection, which maintaining the channel time increases the amount of health restored by 10% every second, up to 50% extra health health restored. All right, we're we're low on time, so you got to be quick. So, you know, all right, so go back to that tank, you know, standing in the middle of the flag, spamming talents, right? That tank can, you know, you know, just pop deep thoughts and, you know, he'll think deeply on what, on what he has to do and he'll get, gain all his resources back and, you know, boom, extra magic out of spam talents again, all right? But, you know, in my experience, you know, deep... Actually, I don't even want to say that. <clears throat> all right, and then, you know... There's this great tale of a legendary DC warrior that became emperor in the under 50s here, though, all right? I, I mean, <clears throat> uh, he would stand on top of the destroyed back wall at Ash and uh, stare at the EP menacingly until they rushed in. And then, you know, the EP, they saw the emperor title, they went in, uh, they were bloodthirsty for that kill, but he just blocked, used dragon blood, talents, and, you know, deep, some deep thoughts. While the uh, EP just kind of sat there and they were picked off by oils and cold fire blisters, fire blisters, meat bags, and a few time stops because, well, we, we went crazy. They went, Some people went ham in his under 50. Like, I went ham because I got deep thoughts, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was one time where that, you know, legendary DC warrior died, but responded to camp, was blessed by Mara with an instant load screen. It's pretty rare on the you know the Xbox servers, and ran back out there to hold them once more, and the EP wiped again and again, 
and again on that wall until DC put up the wall and descend, defend it successfully. And yeah, it was a pretty great tale, if I do say so myself. And yeah. Yeah, those good old Emperor tales, man. They, they uh, live in infamy. <laughs> so if you want to uh, go get all these awesome skills and be as crazy as a magic warrior as that i'm sure probably brett and dragon i was um you can was ignored <laughs> wow okay so uh you could do all that by joining the psychic order you're gonna want to level it all the way up to make sure you have access to all those skills and all these passives we're gonna list them off for you real quick we have see the unseen that reads, the insight you have gained from the Psychic Order grants you vision to the spiritual world, allowing you to interact with the rifts all throughout Tamriel. This is the passive that gives you access to seeing and uh, interacting with all of the Psychic Portals. Right, you have Clairvoyance, which reduces the cost of your Psychic abilities by 15%. And you have Spell Orb. When you cast a Psijic Order ability while you are in combat, you generate a spell charge. When you reach five spell charges, you launch a spell orb at the closest enemy to you, dealing 397 magic damage or 753 physical damage, whichever is higher. The spell charges must be generated within 10 seconds of each other or all charges will be lost. All right, your next one is a Concentrated Barrier. While you have a Psijic Order ability slotted and are blocking, you gain a damage shield that absorbs 5k damage. And then this damage shield recharges back to full strength after you spend seconds not blocking. So it's nice for, you know, that one time. And then if you're a tank, you probably, you probably won't be able to get that uh, shield back up for a while because you'll be blocking a lot. Yeah, it is nice, though, if you're not a tank, too. Definitely. And then for the last one, we have Deliberation. While you are casting or channeling a Psijic Order ability, you gain Major Protection, which reduces your damage taken by 10%. So that's pretty awesome. And uh, it's why you will also see, um, like... Uh, oh my gosh, I already can't remember the name of the spell. Uh, acceleration or whatever being used in PvP. Like they'll cast it as they're going, um, or they'll be like block casting it, and it increases their uh, major protection constantly while they're doing it as well. So lots of stuff going on there, lots of fun stuff for you to go mess with. It could help increase your DPS, it could help increase your. Uh, Mm, healing maybe not really but also tanking so i would recommend what's up yeah it can help you get gain resources back and you know if you're having some deep thoughts you know that passive you know you also get major protection that way too so yeah there you go so definitely go check out the psijic order and before we get into the mages guild we just want to remind you guys in the little middle part of our episode that we have opportunities for you guys as part of the Robots Radio Podcast Network. 
you can check out our show notes and hit links to a sweet 15% off your first order at Loot Crate. Still cool crates coming. Um, I ended up doing one more Loot Gaming one. Because I was like, ah, you know what, that one's alright. And this one, even though I was like, alright, I'm done after this one. Because I ended up just getting too much just random stuff. But... The one thing, like, it's a Soul Gem lamp of Elder Scrolls Online, and that's probably going to sit, like, right there on my desk for, like, probably ever. So, there you go. So, it does. You get some really, really cool stuff, and uh, and it's a good price, and it's, like, a present that shows up on your, on your you know, front porch. So, uh, yeah, I will say I'm not going to talk that much about it, but honestly, like, deals are deals, and that's cool. But anyways... You could also check out Gamefly. If you sign up for one month, you get a month for free on us. So 10 bucks, you get two free months. Go check it out, guys, and make sure you check out robotsradio.net for all the awesome podcasts that are part of our podcast network. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons and Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. And now we have the Mages Guild, one of the staples, honestly, of Elder Scrolls franchises. And has probably been, well, in Oblivion and Skyrim at least, one of my favorites to go play. And as far as it goes in Elder Scrolls Online, they play a crucial role with dealing with the one and only Prince of Madness, Sheogorath. Yep, so uh, Fighter's Guild is all about Moloch Ball, and Mage's Guild is all about Shiogora. But the Mage's Guild also do get sent to Cold Harbor for Moloch Ball, but, you know, I won't go too deep into why, but, uh, <clears throat> hashtag hot-headed Yorin. <clears throat> there we go, dog is going to talk about <laughs> Yorin for 15 minutes now. I'm just kidding. Nope. So, <laughs> the guild has its own skill line as we were saying earlier it's got um in ultimate it's got actives and passives just like the others and it's got its own quest line that goes through and deals with all kinds of interesting uh stuff with another island that you wouldn't expect to be going to and it can be accessed from level one so you just go talk to the magister or magis in most areas that is there inside of the Mages Guild. So, pretty good. It definitely, uh, Somerset's a good one. It's uh, pretty close to the Wayshrine. You can't do it in Craglorn, though. Yes. They don't accept new recruits there. So, I yeah. want to make sure you guys know that one. <laughs> yes, I tried to do it once. Same thing with the Fighters Guild. The Mages and, and uh, Fighters and Craglorn are just rude. So, be careful <laughs> about that. I'll send you back to what whatever I think. Uh, yeah. So uh, for one of my characters, they had they had me go to uh, the Alakir Desert. They're like, just go over there. Go to the desert. I'm like, why? 
don't want to go to the desert. I want to join the Mage Guild here. That's why I'm here. I don't have a way shrine to go to the desert or any other area. And they're like, no, you must go there. It was annoying. I, I do not rate it. This next part, too, like, not to get too behind the scenes here, but of Dog's Notes is just classic to me because he's remembering that he told me you have to level up the Mage's Guild storyline to be able to do the quest. But as a matter of fact, Dog's like, no, you can just go do the quest wherever you want them. You just go pick them up and do the next quest. And I was like, no. You have to level it up. He's like, no, you don't. You just go do the next quest. You just go to the next area and pick it up. But as a matter of fact, you do have to continue progressing your level in the Mage's Guild in order to finish the quest line. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I did say, you know, I was wrong. And, you know, it's once and every, you know, many, 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 many moons. (laughs) And, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> just wanted to make sure you know I got that in there before I just let you uh, twist twist uh, the past there while I wasn't listening <laughs> I'm just kidding Let's see yeah you can join uh, the mage guild throughout pretty much every region in Tamriel you know you just go to the main that main city in that zone DLC areas as well and yeah well except for Kraglin because you know once again they're rude don't go there. They're they're angry. Uh, what do you get from joining them, you might ask? Well, joining the Mage's Guild gives you the potential to start doing the Mage's Guild story quest. It grants you access to the skill line. And you can start collecting lore books immediately. You can actually start collecting lore books beforehand. And it'll just save up your lore books. So, don't need to worry about it. Like, you know, Fighter's Guild. And it allows you to pick up the Mage's Guild dailies. And as far as questing for the Mages Guild goes, there's going to be a total of six quests in the Mages Guild quest line. For the most part, they're going to send you to solo instances, as a lot of that earlier kind of stuff did. The quest can be a little bit long, but it's okay. You know, as quest goes, you if they're going to be good, you want them on the longer side, right? And these ones are pretty interesting. They give you a good look at the Mages Guild during uh, our time there in ESO in the second era before um, a lot of the, before, well, any of the other uh, single player games took place um, during the plane meld. So it's good. Very interesting stuff. Gives you a different perspective. Plus, you also learn more about Shagoreth, which everyone, of course, loves, and Archmage Shalador. It's a honestly interesting story, and it's uh, if it's not something you've ever tried to go check out, then you definitely should. And if it's something you just spammed through to get to Ivea the first time, shame on you <laughs> and go back and do it again. Yeah, what Bob said. And then as you're doing again, you know, make sure you pick up your mage skill dailies and yeah. You can pick them up in any capital city, which is, uh, you know, Mournhold, uh, Wayrest, and Elden Root. And, yeah, you can do up to 15 daily quests if, you know, you and up to, I guess, 14 friends if you're, you know, really, really, really lucky and you guys each have different quests. But, uh, yeah, there's 15 different daily quests you can do. 
and you go into a zone's public dungeon to recover a mad god relic, which, you know, aka Shilgorath, you grab one of his relics. So yeah, this will take you to any zone in the base game, that public dungeon, and yeah. And then as for rewards, you get 10 major skilled experience, which is equivalent to two lore books, a chance of getting uh, dropper motifs, and last but not least, a bunch of garbage that you'll probably merchant right away because you want to hashtag save my inventory. Dog is always trying to save his inventory. They made a collection system to save everyone's inventory, and Dog's still trying <laughs> to save his inventory. <laughs> my inventory is so messed up. I had to buy like 60 uh, bank space because I needed more inventory. Well, there you go. <laughs> so if you are uh, interested in this and you're trying to figure out how to level up the skill line, it's going to be all off the lore books. It backlogs it, so if you've picked up a bunch of lore books, um, when you you know join the Mage's Guild, it'll have leveled you up. Pretty cool. Each lore book on its own is going to give you five points towards the next Mage's Guild level. A collection of the lore books, of any specific collection, is going to give you 20. <clears throat> and that's on top of the five for you got for each single one. So... What is really awesome for that is going to like a specific zone and getting all of them there, like you know, a la Grotwood, Ardon, um, you know, Bankerai, uh, Windhelm, whatever it may be. You go, there's add ons you could do it if you're not on PC. Uh, the ESO app on the phone is a great way, uh, phone or iPad, you could pull that up filter everything else out other than um books that are in the zone and it's like boom, boom, boom. it's really really helpful so it doesn't it can definitely be tedious to level this up i mean con- even considering to what i was saying about the sigic order earlier that's when we're like well the mages guild yeah because it's probably the most tedious especially if you're trying to get to level 10 but you can also do, um, like, for a daily quest, you get 10. And I'm assuming that's once a day, right, dog? Yeah, once a day or however many you can do. It's 10 just for uh, the one quest that you turn in. So if, like, you are in a group with eight people, you get five uh, dailies from it. Then you can do, you get 50 points there. Hmm. I don't think I ever knew that. That's pretty freaking awesome, honestly. Yeah, and then we recommend, you know, farming the lore books per zone, collecting, you know, the whole zone of its lore book and its sky shards. But, you know, sometimes you have to go really crazy or maybe you just want to do some PvP and some Cyrodiil. And, yeah, well, Cyrodiil has the most lore books in its zone, you know, partially because it's like, it's the biggest zone in the game, but, you know, besides that, you know, it has the most, you know, sky shards and lore books in its zone. So you can go there and collect a majority of the lore books that you'll need, and you can get about 40 sky shards throughout Cyrodiil. And that ex- that's excluding the six that's locked behind the gates, which, I mean, two you can get easily because, you know, they're locked behind your gates and your gates should be safe. But the other four, not so much. And, you know, think of it this way, you know, you have to get those sky shards eventually, so why not get the lore books from there too, right? You know, two birds with one stone. And then lastly, you need 1380 points to hit Mage's Guild 10, which I did, you know, simple calculation real quick with a calculator, and 
That's 276 individual lore books, which is definitely going to be a lot less if you actually do each zone and you start getting knocking off 20 for a couple of the zones. And yeah, so. It, it, it doesn't seem that bad when you actually start doing some math behind it. It's like 276 lore books and you'll probably knock it down to maybe like 150 lore books or 160. And yeah. Yeah. Not too bad at all. I mean, it just takes time and definitely just don't go grabbing random ones if you really want to focus it. Do the collections like we we're saying and like Dog was saying per zone. So... As far as achievements for the Mages Guild go, there is the student of the Mages Guild. All you got to do is join the Mages Guild, and it gives you the Mages Guild blue die, which is not the best blue, but it's actually a pretty good one. Then you've got Archmage, where you complete the storyline. You get the Ivea blue die, which is better than the Mages Guild blue die. Then plus it unlocks the one and only Ivea Island. And it gives you the title Master Wizard, which I always thought was a kind of cool one. Then you've got the Mage's Guild Skill Master Achievement, which you get by hitting uh, level 10 in the Mage's Skill line, Mage's Guild Skill line, which also unlocks you the awesome Ultimate Meteor, one of Doug's favorite, and the Arcane Blue die. And the last achievement pertaining to the Mage's Guild is With Butterflies. A retching, where you have to recover 30 relics, which pretty much means do 30 daily quests. So that is going to be all the achievements you could get. Definitely some cool dyes, some cool colors, and a whole little zone to unlock. So I would definitely say go out and get that done. And let's hop right into the skill line. Dog, I know you love this ultimate. Tell them all about it. All right, so if the ultimate is Meteor, you call a comet down from the constellations to blast an enemy, dealing 2721 flame damage to all enemies in the area, knocking them down and stunning them for two seconds. After your impact, the enemies in the target will take 700 flame damage every one second for 11 seconds. So your first morph is Ice Comet, which increases the damage. Deals frost damage instead of flame, because it's ice. You know, it's very cool. And it reduces the movement speed of enemies hit, probably because they're too cold. And then the other uh, morph is a shooting star, which you generate 12 ultimate for each enemy hit by the initial blast. And, yeah. So I use shooting star for my Templar, but a lot of times I also use it so I can follow up with the uh, good old Crescent Sweep for a double ulti. And... Yeah, it's great, you know. Gotta live that Templar life, you know. Getting shooting stars followed by another shooting star if I'm lucky, but I don't really get pulls like that anymore. And, you know, a Crescent Sweep, which is only like, I only need to hit like four people. So, but if you're a macro like Bob, then you should probably switch to one of those ultimates, you know. Especially when doing anything with Thuranth, because, well... Flesh action knocks your tools for the dim-witted, and you need a good damaging ultimate, and Shooting Star or Ice Comet are both good ultimates to use. And with the one and only Meteor out of the way, we do have five active skills to talk to you guys about. 
The first is Mage Light, which summons a moat of Mage Light, revealing stealth enemies, stealth and invisible enemies around you for five seconds. Exposed enemies cannot return to stealth or invisibility for three seconds. And, while slotted, you gain Major Prophecy, increasing your spell crit by 2629. The Morphs are Inner Light, which increases your max magical while slotted, and Radiant Mage Light, which increases the radius of the reveal. This one is clearly very it's popular. all of this. It's, oh, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, I did it weird. And... It also reads that you and nearby allies cannot be stunned from sneak attacks while slotted, and it reduces the cost by about 250. So, this is a very interesting skill. It's one that for uh, Magic DPS and PvE, you might see them just leaving it on their uh, spammable bar so they get that extra prophecy. If it uh, major prophecy is something you get often, though, especially from like pots and stuff, and you have a good uptime. It's not something you need to worry about too much. However, in PvP, for well, yeah, DPS and PvP, like man, when Nightblade is trying to run away and you hit friggin' Mage Light on them, and then they can't just go invisible anymore for five more seconds. Oh, that's when you turn the tides right there. Yeah, and they can't just come up and uh teleport strike you and stun you because well yeah that's part of you know the radiant mage light and it's pretty good the uh next skill is entropy and you bind an enemy with chaotic magic dealing 1200 magic damage over 10 seconds all right so the first one is degeneration which you gain major sorcery which is major spell damage and you also it also reduces the cost by about three hundred. The other morph is structured entropy, which adds a heal over time. So as for this, uh, those morphs go. Degeneration is the best since both. If you don't have a source of uh, major sorcery, then degeneration is the best. But if you do, you might use structured entropy, or you probably might not use it all because it's like the whole point of it. Which makes entropy and structure, which makes entropy and structured entropy, you know, both kind of trash after they took away the major major sorcery from those abilities. And yes, I'm still salty about it. <laughs> yeah, Dog was very upset. But so what can you do? You move, you yeah. live, and you move on. Pretty much, we've all had that moment where they, you know, hit something. That you really just don't want to. And for the next skill, we've got Fire Rune, which inscribes a rune of cosmic fire on the earth, which takes two seconds to arm and lasts for 30 seconds. When triggered, the rune blasts all enemies in the target area for 821 flame damage. The morphs are Volcanic Rune, which knocks enemies into the air and stuns them, also reducing the cost by about 300. Or Scalding Rune, which deals additional damage over time. So, both of the morphs are alright. I've seen people run this, but it's not the most popular thing out there. Um, I don't know. If you're going for a fire build or something, and you don't have enough fire AoEs, because there are enough out there, then this you could add that one to your list. 
I think I used to use the skill for a time being. It's definitely the volcanic rune, and I just love the way how it just threw people up in the air. Like, there was really no reason for me to using it, except for that I wanted to throw people up in the air. Sounds like a dog thing. And then the last skill is Equibrillium, which you barter with a bit Oblivion to trade Vitality for Power, sacrificing your health in exchange for 3k Magicka. The exchange reduces your healing done and damage shield strength by 50% for 4 seconds. Then your first morph is Spell Symmetry, which the cost of your next Magicka ability is reduced by 33%. And then the other one is Balanced, which you gain Major Resolve, which is your Major Resistances. As for me, I use Balance on my DK tank to kind of act as a 2-in-1 to get my the axe as my resistance buff. And it acts as the skill to give me Magicka back whenever I need more Magicka. Yeah, definitely a super popular one with the tanks because it's a like a lifeblood thing for me when I'm on my tank. I need that magic. Yeah, because unfortunately, you know, spamming that with the healer is a lot easier than having some deep thoughts. And... <laughs> so as far as passives go, we have persu- Persuasive Will, which allows you to persuade NPCs in conversation. Always nice. Yeah, you have uh, the next one is Mages of Dip, which reduces the mag and health cost of your Mages Guild abilities by 15%. Then we have Everlasting Magic, which increases the duration of your Mages Guild abilities by 20%. You have a Magicka Controller, which increases your max Magicka and mag recovery by 2% for each Mages Guild ability slotted. And then we have Might of the Guild that casting a mage's guild ability grants you empower increasing the damage of your light and heavy attacks by 40 percent for three seconds which makes all those solid passes yeah i think i would have to agree with you there man honestly a pretty decent skill line especially for being something that came with the base game yeah, like a lot of that's still pretty viable, like especially Entropy, Mage Light, Equibrillium, the Meteor. Yeah. Like, it's pretty, pretty much the entire skill line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh it's been a staple, you know, for sure, especially like Meteor and everything. Like it's just stuff that has always been um people's favorites and especially PvP is a big uh zone for mages guild stuff yeah so with that i think we are about ready to wrap it up here in the courier shop i hope you guys enjoyed hearing us talk some guild talk to the magical and definitely the two most magical guilds that we have at least in elder scrolls online so dog if people want to find out uh you know if want to find the show and talk more about all these magical guilds and things where can they find us all right you can find us on twitter of at red diamond cast you can also find us on our facebook page of the red diamond courier and you can also join our xbox guild of our heirs of the red diamond which you can join using the robots radio discord found on robotsradio.net and if you check our show notes you could also find links to all our awesome stuff like our merch store where you could get awesome red diamond courier swag 
our sponsors where you could get awesome stuff for yourself and uh eso-hub.com which is a great great hub for you to go check out all eso related stuff it's got what the golden has in it every weekend along with the luxury vendor pledges every day and every set you could possibly imagine and all kinds of other cool stuff too so i would say definitely go check that out throw it in your bookmarks tab it should be a place that you chill. And we also have links to our music producer, who is super awesome dude who can make all kinds of music for you if you need it. Plus, if you guys would at all take any time out of your day to go leave us a review, it would absolutely make our day, probably even make our week. And we will shout it out on the show if it's a five-star review that has some words there in it. And we haven't got one in a while, like months. So, come on, guys. Who's going to be the one? Huh? Who's going to be? I want to see some reviews. I'll shout it out loud next time. But anyways, thank you guys for everything. As always, all the support. It's been a great 2020, and it's going to be a great 2021. As far as podcasting, as far as everything outside podcasting and Elder Scrolls, don't hold me to it. But for us, it's going to be great. So, Dogged, what if they want to just find you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? Lyriant's going to be here, right? So, ESO's going to be great. Yeah, uh, ESO's going to be great, but yeah, as far <laughs> as outside podcasting ESO, that's I can't control that. <laughs> well, that's acceptable. But, uh, yeah, you can find me on Xbox, Twitter, ESOPC, all of that, at DogBark24. And, yeah, that's about it. Perfect. And for me, it's going to be Bob Chichinsky everywhere. On Xbox, Bob Space Chichinsky, and on ESOPC, Twitter, and Twitch, Bob underscore Chichinsky. So, once again, thank you guys for hanging out, stopping by, listening to us talk some Guild Shop Talk, and thanks to Dog for uh, hanging out with me again. We will see you guys on the flip side with episode 49 coming at you next week. Have a good one. Yep, see ya. Listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. <laughs>